We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into pack a day podcast uh episode whatever it is on august 28th uh your sunday cruise here minus nick he's still using his baby as an excuse not to uh not to show up uh, Gage and I are here, and we are joined with uh, Andy Herman's favorite guest, uh, Todd Varney. Unfortunately, I'm kind of happy about it because you know I do a sh- like multiple shows with you. But uh, how are you doing, Todd? I'm doing fantastic, and you're more than kind of happy that I'm here because you text me at least every other week asking me if I will do pack a day. So, oh, I'm pumped. I know yeah. I try to play it cool. I'm pumped. I don't yeah, want to fanboy. No, yeah. If yeah, anyone's definitely. gone, I like to uh, I try to I try to sneak you in. But like yeah. I said, we have a uh, part of the normal crew here. We have Gage uh, chatting our ear off before the show. Like uh, yeah, like I said, I have a day. tendency to make podcasts go a little longer. I know that that's me. That's my whole thing. That's why the Sunday episodes are always longer. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm glad to be back. Obviously, we took last week off due to Jimmy was traveling. I think you had a wedding. Um, I was by myself and just didn't want to bother anybody on a Saturday evening. And then uh, Nick was also out of commission for, as Jimmy mentioned, uh, baby stuff. So we're back this week and the season is right around the corner. And also just as we're recording Matt LaFleur on what Jordan Love showed this preseason, if need be, he could absolutely win a game. So that is literally just tweeted out three minutes ago by Rob Domofsky. So, a game? Because there's 17. <laughs> I was just about to ask. The follow-up well, to that well, okay. is... Can we, why, can we clarify, Matt? Why did we bring this Todd guy in? I know <laughs> Matt LaFleur trying to be a nice guy, trying to compliment Jordan Love, doing what he's supposed to do, and then just Todd's going to come in here and just chop him right down. Just it, You know what, Todd? Take that mentality over to Packer Facebook and then take a walk. <laughs> All right. Hey, but I, no. I, no, I think Jordan Love had a great... Uh, uh, as great of a preseason as one can have uh, based on what you're judging it on. He's out there playing with what Tyler you Davis as his top guy, Romeo. Yeah. Romeo Dobbs is going to be the top guy. He's probably fourth or fifth on the depth chart to start the season. Um, and that's the top receiver he's working with the, the starting O-line's not there. The starting running backs aren't out there. I know they're not playing against starting defenses either for the most part, 
but he's not playing with the top caliber guys. I think as far as Jordan Love's pocket presence, the way he's able to work the offense, stepping up into pressure uh, to, to make good throws, I think Jordan had a really solid preseason for being his first full preseason as well. We saw too, like everyone mentioned like, oh, we don't see those splash plays, but we did this preseason. That one where he was rolling out left, right on the uh, the sideline in the end zone, just on the run, perfectly perfectly placed ball. Obviously, it was dropped, not a touchdown. Uh, then he had that, uh, I think it was on third down, he had that dime to uh, Touré on the sideline in between two defenders. Again, that was another drop. Uh, so he was, and that kind of went to what you're saying. He's going. He's he's not playing with a top talent on the Packers team. He de- a few of his interceptions were because of drops, uh, or uh, so. I don't know. Yeah, people are definitely being way too hard. You've seen the improvement, but I guess the question I want to ask: Lafleur said he can win a game. Let's say we have to go this current full season with Jordan Love. What would our record be? Ten and seven. I I think they'd still make the playoffs the, if the defense is going to show up as advertised. The run game is going to look how it is uh, or how it should, uh, given the two backs that they have in the offensive line when healthy uh, with Bakhtiari and Jenkins. This is a a team that is built to run the ball, play defense, and win 10 games, get you in the playoffs, uh, regardless of who's at quarterback. Aaron takes this offense to the next level. When you look at the difference between the Rams with Goff and the Rams offense with Stafford, right? Like Goff and I think Ryan Tannehill even to an extent are what this offense looks like with a Jordan Love type quarterback. But then you put in somebody like a Rodgers, like a Stafford, and the offense all of a sudden is electric. So I I still think they make the playoffs. Uh, I would say 10 wins. Gage is I was going, Todd crazy. I was, going through, I was going through the schedule. I don't think Todd's crazy. I honestly – I it also could be sure. I'm a little bit more optimistic on – well, you're at least not crazy for this reason. But I was going <laughs> through the schedule. I mean, just looking at it, I may be a little higher on Jordan Love, but I think the Packers have a schedule with a lot of wins in it for – like if Jordan Love were the quarterback, I mean, Bears twice, boom, two. Lions twice. I still don't think the Lions are good, so four. Uh, they played the Jets and the Giants – Six. Six. They play Washington. Seven. You play Tennessee at home, and I think that Tennessee is not as good this year. Um, you get, I'd say, you probably like, like probably split the games with the Vikings. You probably, you maybe you lose opening day just because like short notice, whatever. But you probably win like that second to last game of the season. So there's eight, uh, and then you also have Dallas, Philly. Uh, Miami on the road. You got the Rams at home, which so that game's probably a loss. You play the Patriots, and we know what Belichick does to young QBs. You play the Bucks. So like nine, ten, not that's not inconceivable. I just came up with eight or nine wins right there. And I mean, if you steal one or two games against some of the other better teams that are on the roster on the list, yeah, I, I would still say that the Packers make the playoffs, especially because the rest of the roster kind of helps elevate a quarterback. I mean, like between yeah. your defense and then just the system that would be in place to help Mount. I mean, that's not where we're focusing on today, but yeah, no nine, 10, even 11 wins. I don't think would be inconceivable just based on what we've seen this preseason. And as you point out, Todd, he's not playing with the starters. It's not like Lazard Cobb, the number one offensive line is out there. Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, neither one of those guys are in the backfield. He's been doing 
what he can with what he's been given. It's not a shot at the guys he's playing with because Romeo Dobbs has been making splash plays every day for the past month and a half, but yeah, he's making things happen. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, Jordan Love wasn't what we were uh, going to talk about today. So we'll go into uh, a little new thing for, for pack a day. Since we have two third of Lombardi's bar here with Todd and myself, we're going to uh, do a little buy around, pay the tab uh, for today's episode. So we'll buy around for someone during the preseason that that played well consistently or did some things to um, kind of show why the Packers are high on them and then pay the tabs the opposite, whether they need to step up or they just frankly suck during the preseason. Uh, so we'll kick it off with our, our lovely guest, Todd. I'll let you uh, buy your first round. Yeah, I'm going to buy a round for uh, Kingsley – Enigbari, I still haven't gotten confident saying that last name. Um, I'm hoping I'm hoping within the first couple of weeks of the regular season I'll get there. A lot of questions at the depth of the uh, edge rushers with this group. Obviously, you've got Preston and Rashawn are going to be out there. I think the good news is they carried the weight most of last year too, right? There wasn't really another guy behind them. Um, Winnie Merciless was there for a couple of games, but I think that he only played like four four games, got hurt in his early in the fifth. Um, so there wasn't really anybody else that that stepped in. And just I know he's he's young. I don't expect a ton from him this year, but I think as far as a rotational guy to come in and see five to ten snaps uh, behind, I'm guessing Jonathan Garvin's the third guy that's probably going to get in there. Um, to have him there, I, I, I saw quite a bit from him just being a beast. Uh, and it's also nice to see somebody else wearing that 55 this year. Oh yeah. And one of the cool things when, uh, after the second preseason game, when he hit that, that ghost moved on the ghost move on the tackle, uh, Elton Jenkins was asking him about it and he was saying how he's been working on that for like two years and it's just starting to click. And it was cool to hear because I think that just kind of shows his work ethic. Like it's not like he tried it and he's like, Oh, it's not working for me. Like he put in two years of work on that move and we saw it in preseason granted again, preseason, but that was slick. The way he dipped under that was able to provide that pressure a little bit, get the quarterback out of the pocket. Like that was impressive. So shoot, if he's working like that for with the Packers and being able to learn from Rashawn and Preston, like he could definitely be something in the future for sure. Yeah, Gage, how do you feel about Kingy? I'm not even try his last name. I'm not even. I'm not gonna lie. I haven't watched a snap of preseason. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I, I am. I have not watched a snap of preseason that hasn't been Twitter videos or writ. I've I've read written breakdowns and stuff like that, but I haven't watched any preseason stuff. And Kingsley has somehow not made it onto my timeline at any point in time. Uh, he's got six tackles, six combined tackles in three games. Um, he's got, was that two pass? He's got two pass breakups, which assuming, I don't know if that's been in coverage or if that's been at the line of scrimmage, which I always like line of scrimmage breakups for pass rushers more than I like coverage ones, just from the standpoint of that tells me you're at least smart enough. And everyone gives who it's Calais Campbell is the, the gold standard for breaking up passes, the line of scrimmage granted it helps that he's six, nine, but okay. I'm not going to win my pass rush rep. I'm, and, but I'm going to keep my eyes up in the backfield. Okay. Quarterbacks winding up. I'm getting my hands up and trying to knock it down. If you got a guy like you, you mentioned Todd right at the start edge rusher is a spot that they don't have a ton of depth right now. And anybody's 
ability to step up is going to be a big win. And if Enigbare is already showing that he's going to be able to step up and fill that spot, he doesn't have to be the starter right away. He doesn't have to be the day one guy. There's guys in front of him. He can focus on learning behind them. And that's uh, he also does have a sack on the season, which if I'm looking here, there's only there's not been a ton of sacks for the Packers thus far. So I think it's only like three or four guys have a sack, and he's one of the he's one of the the five guys that have one sack. So as long as he's showing something, that's better than showing nothing. Yeah, yeah. and there's I mean I can think of a handful of of plays where he was back there, and just because he's young and and not under control, overran the quarterback yeah. um, and and missed on it. Where once he better understands his his speed and power and works a few moves being there instead of you know making the hit instead of overrunning it and kind of stopping and turning around just like oh did i miss him oh shoot yeah. okay um, he had that I, sack too that was called back for the horse collar yeah against the saints where he, yeah there's no mistake in that one no, he yeah, got all shoulder collar. pads <laughs> <laughs> oh man it was kind of close now he get yeah, that yeah. got him. yeah i'm pretty sure he did the whole uh vince carter elbow in the rim like his whole forearm was <laughs> what are you gonna do bed. you gotta get the guy down to, <laughs> yeah. what are you gonna do you could either get a guy down and take a flag or you could give up a touchdown those are your options here like let's say that the, like, you the tackle other. the quarterback he's got well, a wide open Ian guy downfield because a corner fell down <laughs> hey you Ian take the book ty summers your guy ty summers no speaking of ty summers gage go ahead and buy your round for ty summers uh, it's not for Ty Summers. That's not my guy. <laughs> my guy, though, who I am going to buy a round for is Zach Tom. I said I haven't watched any preseason. That's 100% true. Zach Tom is a guard. He doesn't get put on film very often because he doesn't make flashy catches, but that's okay because you know what Zach Tom does do? He blocks his ass off and he doesn't allow sacks. Through 75 pass blocking snaps this season per PFF, do you guys know how many pressures he's allowed? I do. Okay, zero. It is zero. That's correct. <laughs> this guy is going out doing his job every single day and not allowing pressure. That's all I can ask. I cannot ask anything else of my offensive lineman. Do I want you to maybe pancake somebody and have a funny like clip of like Quentin Nelson where he just bodies people? Yeah. But at the same time, if you're going in as a rookie, especially you're doing it in Kansas City, where I'm, if I'm not mistaken, Kansas City was playing some of their starters. Like I think some of their their first string guys were in there. Yeah, he handled the, the clip from Mike Renner at PFF underscore Mike uh, on Friday, August 26, 10:40 a.m. He tweeted the clip. If you guys want to go watch it, yeah, Zach Tom blocked two dudes on one play. Like Caleb Jones gets beat, which is going to happen when you're six nine and you're not the most mobile guy. He's nice. he went undrafted for a reason. Dick. He's he is humongous. I was at IU when he was there. He is huge. But anyway, Zach Tom does his job. That's all. I, if you're an offensive lineman and you're a rookie and you're playing for a team that has Aaron Rodgers in the backfield, and you got also two super stud running backs back there, you need to block. And if you can do that, they are going to find a way for you to be out there, unless it's the postseason, and then you're going to get benched for a veteran guy, Yoshinishman. 
Okay, um, don't one, don't do that. Two, he did get called <laughs> for a penalty on that one where he was blocking two guys for illegal hands to the face. Well, he well, okay, well he had. But to block nonetheless, two dudes. nonetheless <laughs> yeah. very impressive. Yeah. Uh, hey, again, if you're gonna have to block two dudes, you're probably gonna have to get a penalty in there. That's just how it's gonna go. Yeah, it's kind of hard uh, to block two people when you're one person. <laughs> in case you did not know, Todd. For I somebody, I mean, I never had an issue, but okay. Um, <laughs> for a fourth round guard to be getting talked about, that's usually not a good thing in the preseason to know a, a fourth round guard's name. Usually it means they're really bad uh, or they just don't get talked about. And they're like, oh, that guy must be doing his job. Complete opposite was Zach Tom. Guys had a, a great preseason played right tackle, left yep. guard, like working on moving him around a little bit. I doubt he'll start anywhere this year. Uh, but I mean, he's definitely got a got a future, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. the starting line is probably going to be you're going to have like Bakhtiari, assuming everybody's full health. Yeah. Bakhtiari, Runyon, who Myers. is the center? Josh Myers, Josh Josh Myers. Then Royce Newman, Elton Jenkins, presumably, is mm-hmm. how that would break down. Yeah, unless unless they're, unless you're putting Elton Jenkins at right guard and then you're putting Nijman at right tackle, which I don't think would be a terrible move. I think that's getting your best five guys out there because I think Nijman showed us all year that he is more than capable of being a starting tackle at the NFL level. So, and despite even, some people apparently even wanting having, to like cut him yeah, or trade like, him, I mean, Todd mentioned Tom played. Uh, right tackle too. So even if later on in the season you move Elton to right guard, put Tom in at right tackle just to kind of see. Obviously, we know LaFleur. We saw it in the playoffs. They're going to put what they think is the best five out there. So I mean, I, they did come back and say that that was the wrong decision. And they've said that. Oh, well, yeah, for sure. But like they, they've come out and admitted that was not the right call. Yeah, but in the time, if they think it's the best five, they're going to do it. Like hindsight's twenty twenty, But in the moment this season, obviously injuries are going to happen. It just seems that – that's part of the NFL. There's going to be some games where you're going to have to shift it around and having someone like Zach Tom, who's able to play multiple positions and has been doing it pretty well, albeit in preseason. Uh, it just shows why the Packers are by far the best at drafting linemen because granted they draft a lot and two, they draft players that can play multiple positions, which helps them stick around in the NFL. Cause they're not just focused on like, I can only play left guard. And if I can't do that, I'm screwed. Um, so we'll see. I think Zach Town's going to be via Packer for a while. Uh, I'll go ahead with my my buy of the round, the final one. Uh, this one, I don't think a lot of people or some people definitely aren't going to agree with it, but I went with Amari Rodgers. Uh, going into the season, people were very low on him. Obviously, drafted him a third round last year. Not great in on the punt team. Didn't see much time on the offense. This year, uh, especially, kind of seems the last couple weeks, they've been – trying to get him the ball any way possible just to kind of see what he can do, get him. He's a, he's a flash player. So he got a, a couple runs out of the backfield. He lined up next to Jordan Love and shotgun, turned that into an 11 yard run, caught a big third down pass uh, for the first down against the, against the chiefs this past game. So he's making splashes. Um, he's showing why they had a third round pick. Is he super consistent yet? No, but fans complain they wanted to see something. He's showing them what he can do. Even if he's a gadget player, having that on your offense can be very uh, helpful, especially with someone as creative as Matt LaFleur uh, can be to get him moving around. So uh, I think Amari Rogers is going to be golden. His boy, Randall Cobb, is still there to kind of 
kind of coach him up to hopefully eventually take his job once he retires in green and gold because I won't accept him going anywhere else. But how do you guys feel about Amari Rodgers? Are you high on him or do you think he'll be off the team in a year or so? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I, I like what I saw from him this year uh, in the preseason. He gives, and as you look across the just kind of the roster as a whole with the the playmakers that are there. It takes me back to when the Packers traded for Ryan Grant. I forget who the other running backs in uh, New York were at the time. And they had, they were pretty much told like, you can pick from any of our three running backs. And they went with Ryan Grant. And when they were asked why they said, we don't have a guy with his body type on the team. And when you start to look at it in that way, there's a lot of different guys at wide receiver uh, and at running back and even at tight end that they do different things from the same position. And so this is a team that's set up to look at the other team's defense and say, how do we avoid their strength and play to their weakness and let their strength not even be a factor in this? Amari is one of those guys that we've seen with the the jet sweeps and lining him up in the backfield and, and running wide. Like, that gives them the opportunity that if they're playing a team that's tough up the middle, between him and Aaron Jones, you've got guys that can get to the edge. If they want to run it up the middle, you, you've got A.J. Dillon. If they've got a shutdown corner, great. Let's mess around on the other side of the field. Amari Rogers is just a guy that 
sure Randall Cobb's there. I think he's got a different skill set than Randall Cobb does, especially at Randall's age. So it's it's definitely interesting to see. I do like that they found ways to get the ball in his hands other than just, hey, go out there and run a crosser because he's not a guy that's going to beat you with his his route running. Yeah, definitely not yet. Hopefully that's something that can keep improving the older he gets. Again, it's only his second season. I feel like we're harping on him like he's going into his final year of his rookie contract. In reality, it's just his second year with the team and we're already piling on him. But because uh, he's sake, really bad on special teams. Let's just that's that's why everyone's down on him. He I also think another year. reason why everyone's down on him is because he was the guy that every that we picked to be the run the wide receiver like fix. And also Amon Ross St. Brown, who was related to Equinemius, was also picked after him. And everybody so everybody's like, we traded up for this guy, and then he wasn't he wasn't great in year one. He wasn't. There's no way around it. He wasn't great on special teams. wasn't great as, as as an offensive piece. Didn't really accomplish much. Also, just because I was bored, I decided to look up who was on that Giants roster back when the Packers got him, and it was uh, Tiki Barber and Brandon Jacobs were the top two runners for the oh. Giants in 2006, which is the second season that Ryan Grant was there. I, I also didn't realize Grant was on the Giants because he never actually ran for them. And so yeah. if you look him up on Pro Football Reference. 05 and 06, he was like on the team, but never actually ran the ball for them. So it didn't show up as him being on the Giants. But yeah, yeah it so wasn't one of those two. I, there was, there Derek were a couple Ward other. Ward was also. I think, I think Derek Ward was one of them. But I don't think he, but he wasn't there in 06. I think he was gone or he had gotten hurt or something like that. Cause I'm looking and he did not register a carry in 2006. Okay. Um, it was Barber, Jacobs, uh, and then Eli Manning was your third leading uh, attempts guy. Anyway, not important. No, yeah, I, that's who we should have got. I've liked what I've seen from Amari Rodgers this this preseason, and one main thing that I've liked is the fact that he's doing more multiple things. You pointed out that he was not he's not a guy that's going to beat you with his route running. He's not a guy that's going to beat you with raw speed. The entire enticing point of him, especially in this offense, is that he can do multiple things for you. That's what he that's what he brings, and that's what that's what we've gotten to see over the last couple of weeks. Like you said, Jimmy, the last couple of weeks he's really tried he's really shown something. He had obviously that that kind of wheel route up the sideline, scored twenty two yard touchdown, which was great to watch. Also, he's still he'll turn twenty three here next month. Uh, he's still two full years younger than Velas Jones Jr., who was the uh, <laughs> the draft pick for the Bears this year. So the, the Bears have a twenty five year old rookie. The Packers have a guy that's not twenty three yet and is heading into his second season. So. That's a dog on Bears fans, but if you want to, if you want a dog Packer fan, if you want to dog the Packers for their receivers, you better look in the mirror there, buddy. Bears also <laughs> have right. no wide receivers over seventy nine on their roster. Fun fact uh, on Madden, but <laughs> Madden, Todd, Madden who, translates to real life. Todd, who uh, are you going to pay a tab for? Uh, I kind of want to go Bears Twitter now that you brought up their wide receivers. <laughs> Just yeah. for the simple fact of them all jumping all over Mike Martz for his comment. And then their biggest defense is, well, we've got Darnell Mooney. It's like that 0-16 Lions team had Megatron and still went 0-16. So you're going to tell me Darnell Mooney is better than Megatron? To st- stop it. Just quit. Um, no, I – Hey, Darnell Mooney is the second coming, man. You don't, you just don't know yet. He's going to hit a growth spurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, no, I'm going to – anybody who's listened to uh, – Lombardi's bar in the last few weeks. Not going to be surprised by my pay the tab here. It's Rich Passaccia. Special teams has been 
awful still. We were we were told when he came in that he was going to be the savior of that team uh, or that group and that they were were going to be, you know, on par with the, the rest of the team and they're not. And there wasn't anything in this preseason that led me to believe that they're improving. I know that they didn't have, you know, all of the starters playing. Those aren't teams that are going to be made up by a majority of starters. So you might have one or two guys out there from the starting lineup on your, your punt return or, you know, punt coverage, whatever. It's not going to be the majority of them. So you're still seeing backups out there that just aren't getting it done in the preseason. Um, and it, I, I don't know where the confidence is coming from that this is going to be the, you know, the, the fix that they need. So there's a lot of mental errors too, like the 12 men out there, 10 men out there, uh, as well as this last one. It seemed like, Hey, math is hard, Jimmy, you're a teacher. You should know this by now. I can barely spell. I haven't gotten to math yet. Um, we have, uh, what was that? There's like three returns where, under 20 yards like we start from like the 16 we start from the like the five one drive because a guy took it out when he didn't need to um and then i think there's another like 12 yard i don't know it was just yeah it's those mental errors that i'm just so confused about and and who the packer special team has been such a hot mess for so long like maybe it's just us being dumb expecting him to fix it in one training camp but at the same time i don't know if it's that we just don't have the players like how it's that saying, like, doesn't matter X and O's, it's the Jim and Joe's, whatever the heck that is. Like, I don't know if it's just the players aren't good and we need to invest more in special teams, but something definitely needs to change because if it keeps going on how it was this preseason, we're in for another long season of uh, people yelling at their TV or having minor heart attacks anytime you see special teams goes on the field. Okay, well, in fairness, you're going to have a minor heart attack anytime the Packers play. There's a running joke between like me and Kyle Hoffenbecker that there's a there's one cardiologist who apparently works for all Packer fans because that like the Packers don't play like non-panicky games. You can be up 30 and it's like, "Hey, anything can happen." It's not as weird as like Seattle games, but but you pointed out that they've had bad returns. So I did a quick pull up here of the stats. Amari Rodgers is the longest kick return for the Packers this preseason, 50 yards. Yeah. His average on the year is 27. So he's got three returns for a total of 81 yards. You subtract 50 from that. That means your other two returns were an average of 15.5 yards. That's not good for those oh. at home doing math. That's not good. Tyler Goodson, also three returns, has a long of 19 yards. Let's take that away. So now he's got two returns for 27 yards for those that can't do the math. 13.5 yards. Again, not good. And then to round it all out, we have Rico Gafford, three returns for 55 yards, long of 20. Let's take that away. We're now at two returns for 45 yards. A respectable 22 and a half yard average. Again, not good. Even if you return that from the goal line, you're not making it to the 25. Like that's that's bad. That's that's not good. It's like, always the strategy is always, hey, get a touchback unless you're going against the Packers, then make them run that ball out because you yeah, know no, they're going to make the mistake. Like, I was thinking about <laughs> it. I'm like, if I was the like special teams coach for an opposing team, I'm going to say, make them return it. Yeah. They can't. Shit, we might get a re- we might get the ball. Like the guy <laughs> might touch it in the end zone and then let us recover for a touchdown. Who knows, man? Just let it go. Well, and you would think that the Packers, knowing what's going on with their special teams would try to get somebody that can kick off 
into the end zone and make teams take a touchback, and they can't do that either. Well, Mason Crosby is a little older, a little longer in the tooth, and you would think that like they would take the page out of every other team's book that just has their punter do kickoffs, but whatever. What the hell do I know? I'm just some guy that's sitting in Indiana. I don't know shit about anything. But yeah, no, the Packers special teams has been sad. Rich Passaccia definitely not just fixing the problem. And I, I almost think it's like the boogeyman. You guys remember a couple years ago after the Bears had the double doink thing where they brought in 74 kickers in the preseason to like have like do tryouts and they all had him kick from the same spot with like noise and all the other stuff. And like not a single person could make a kick. And it was more or less like whichever guy makes the 41 yarder first gets the job and like no one could do it. I almost feel like that's the boogeyman for Green Bay right now. Their special teams is so bad and has been so bad that you can't fix it because it's just, it's broken. And I don't know what the hell it is. I don't know why so many teams can figure it out, but Green Bay can't. Has there been, I I think the last special teams touchdown for the Packers, was it Randall Cobb in his first career game? No, um, no. Trevor Davis had a return for a touchdown. Um, at least he had at least Trevor Davis had at least one. I feel like he had like a 66 yard punt return for a touchdown. So maybe his last kick return was last kick Cobb. return. I think might be Cobb, but punt return. I'm pretty sure is Trevor that's Davis. Great. That's, so that's what you love to hear. You yeah. go more than a decade without the a fact kick that I know that it's a touchdown. I actually, fun fact, I was at that game when Cobb did that. So that was fun. All right, be before I jump out of a window, let's go to the next pay the tab. My next one <laughs> is Tyler Davis is a guy that, I have not heard any good things about this preseason. I have not like there's there. You can hear good things and bad things about guys. I have not heard someone talk up Tyler Davis one time. I don't know. What's through the Packers front office? No, everybody else. No, even the Packers front office have said he's come up short. Like now. Yeah. Earlier in the off season, there was positive talk, but over the last month, I don't know if I've heard or read anybody say a good thing about the guy. He, directly led to the one of the Jordan Love interceptions against uh, San Francisco. He has just he's not he's had issues with drops. He's only got I think what three catches this like or wait, no, how many tar- how many times has he been targeted? He fumbled week 2, right? Against the Saints it was. He um for whatever reason CBS Sports stats don't have that and I'm shouting them out because it's bad. So, he's got two catches for 23 yards. I don't know how many targets he has because, again, they're not tracking that. They don't have target percentage, fumbles, whatever. But I have not heard a good thing said about Tyler Davis. He was supposed to be the guy that everybody was excited about after last season. He was the late ad. He was the stash guy that next year, hey, he's going to be a real weapon at tight end. And I have not heard a lick of good news. I don't know if it's because he's not playing with Aaron Rodgers, but we've seen Jordan Love do well with other guys, so – I'm not going to sit here and give him the excuse of, oh, well, you're not playing with Aaron Rodgers, so you can't be good. If you're good enough, you can figure out how to be good with whoever's throwing you the ball. As you pointed out, Calvin Johnson had still had a good year when they went 0-16, despite what was like Sean Hill, John Kitna, Dan Orlovsky, whoever the hell he had thrown Dante the ball. Dante Culpepper? He, he figured out how to do well. <laughs> so Tyler Davis, I'm not saying he's on the level of Calvin Johnson, but – for all the praise that he got, I have not read a single bit of good news since then. After his after his week two against the Saints, um, after the fumble and just a bad game, another bad game. Uh, he actually he did have a good practice. A, a lot of people 
were praising him on that. Herman mentioned it. Damaski mentioned it. I know it's just practice, but he had a touchdown in the back of the end zone from Rodgers, another touchdown from Love. And this past game, he had a good catch. Um, granted, only one for 16 yards, but to, he absolutely did not meet the hype. So I'm 100% with you on that. He did not meet the hype. LaFleur did come out and say they, they're still confident in him, which you kind of have to say. You're not going to just uh, trash your player in a conference. But uh, yeah, I, he definitely didn't live up to fans, but fans expectations but the good thing is he's a tight end four so like really how often are we going to see him especially when uh big balls bob is back and deguara i know he's doing a lot in the backfield but hopefully it's just going to be sprinkled in there when someone needs a breather but i don't think i don't really think it's going to affect too much i think he's still going to make the team we just won't see much yeah i don't know a lot of teams that have a real confident tight end four Uh, just not not a well just on to the whole special teams thing right the tight ends kind of block on special teams especially when they're the fourth string tight end it's generally not your you don't travis kelsey ain't out there on special teams there folks unless it's like a off off, like a like a onside kick put big dog out there so tyler davis the fact that he's caught he's got five targets through he's played three games and he's caught two of the five targets, and one of the targets directly led to an interception. And another one of those targets, he fumbled. So, <laughs> yeah. So, wait. Is it, so, I one do. of his two catches ended in a fumble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not yeah. good. It's one for 16, <laughs> baby. That's, that's, you know, that's not good. I'm not a math guy, but that's not good. Um, yeah, I don't really have much to add for Tyler Davis. I... I mean, if he's going to make the team, good, I suppose. But I, yeah, I feel like there just, might be other tight ends lower that you can get on free, like in free agency. I think there might be other guys. They'll they'll cut him and put him on spe- or on a practice squad because I don't think after this preseason, many teams are going to be uh, chasing Tyler Davis. Especially uh, if I can go between Caleb Jones and Tyler Davis for the final roster spot, I'm going to keep the <laughs> six nine three seventy tackle over the fourth string tight end. Yeah. Caleb Jones is a monster. Uh, I know Todd. Well, that's why you're not a GM. <laughs> All right, shut up. Yeah, that's why. It's not <laughs> many other things. It's that one. The fact that I'm keeping the tackle that has freak of nature size over mm-hmm. the fourth string tight end. You know what? You're, you, Todd. You're when you're right. You're right. I mean, this isn't one of those times, but yeah. No, hey, I did uh, dive in here on the Ryan Grant trade. So it happened in uh, September of 2007 actually so it was a late preseason trade it was reuben drones Derek ward and ahmad bradshaw were the were the three running backs okay. brandon jacobs was still there but those were the three that they were looking at interesting here so they the packers traded a sixth round pick for him they tried to send either kicker dave rayner or mason crosby instead so the packers almost traded Mason Crosby back in 2007. And that sixth round pick went on to become Tom Brady. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, we'll jump into the last pay the tab. I'm going with, I couldn't narrow it down to one of these players, but I'm just going with our safety depth uh, because they really had a chance to secure that number three safety spot. Uh, Really all of them had a complete blown coverage that led to a big touchdown. Uh, Levitt, that was week one, just let a guy blow right by him from the 49ers. Uh, Week three, Tariq Carpenter let somebody go again, right by him. There was a miscommunication. Uh, People were kind of giving the excuse of he was coming in from injury. It was kind of his first time really getting in or getting back into it. Uh, But I guess 
Abernathy's the only one that really he had an interception in, in the second week, but even against the Chiefs, it's not like he really made a lot of splash plays that were like, oh yeah, he's definitely going to be our 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 third safety. Uh, so they had a big opportunity to be able to kind of se- secure that spot, not just on the roster, but time on the field as that third safety, and none of them really jumped off the table. Uh, I know, Todd, you mentioned in Lombardi's Bar on Wednesday that you you were pretty sure that we're going to have a a non-packer right now make the 53 just to kind of secure that depth. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's just not anybody there that you feel confident because, like I mentioned, you've got – you're going to have four cornerbacks in rotation in today's NFL. Like one through three, the Packers are solid. Yep. Uh, Shamar Jean Charles, how much do you want him on the field? And if your third safety is Razul Douglas – you're getting a lot more Shamar Jean Charles on the field than I think you're comfortable with. So, Oh, you mean the guy that has only allowed two receptions and 75 coverage snaps this preseason? Hey. Yeah. Okay, Todd. <laughs> I'm going to tweet, I'm gonna tweet out that, like that now, too. So now we're we're going to take that clip that. completely out of context and just let him know <laughs> how, how you feel let about him. it. Yeah, let him know. he'll I'm, know. He'll, he'll, he'll see it. it. Yeah, no. Look, I like the guy. Uh, I just don't know how much – you want him on the field uh, being a contributor like that. So I we'll I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody else come in. Uh, real quick, that's, that sixth-round pick ended up being Ryan Mundy, uh, safety. Uh, he got drafted by the Steelers and then played eight seasons in the NFL. Fun fact. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I – was trying to track it too. I, I went because <laughs> I needed to know because that's how my brain works. But, no, I – I agree with uh, you, Jimmy, in general. The safety depth has been uh, an issue, which that's not a new thing. Um, It's been an issue for a few years now where Green Bay can have a couple of starting, like or a couple of solid safeties at the front, and then everything kind of falls apart after that, which at the end of the, which in a lot of systems, especially like like the Staley tree where it's the too high, like too high safety defense stuff, not as big of a deal, but in a system like green Bay, where you run a lot more three safety looks, you have guys coming down to the box playing kind of the hybrid safety linebacker role. And then you have another safety filling in behind them. You want to have a capable third and sometimes even fourth guy. I'm not really sold on any of them right now. I think that there's a lot of guys who have shown flashes, but there's no one that's been consistent. And that's an issue. I, I have, I'm the I'm the worst player to play fantasy with because I'm I don't want the sexy guy I want the or I want the safe guy like I that there's a reason I loved Quentin Nelson in the draft everybody like I live in Indiana everybody wanted Saquon Barkley and I was like no I don't want I don't want him I don't want Bradley Chubb you know who I want I want Quentin Nelson who as long as he stays healthy is going to be a stud for ten for ten to twelve years and sure enough I've been right. I want guys that are going to go, if I'm going to put you out there and I understand that they're backups for a reason, I want them, I want to have confidence when they're on the field. And right now backup safeties are giving me the same amount of confidence that I have in Packer special teams. So that's kind of where we're, where we're at right now. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done. The one thing that I guess the bright spot, obviously that uh, Albert, Albert, whatever his name is, I'm not even going to try it anymore. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, he had that interception, but with three carbon to heat, granted he let that huge touchdown go, but when he had a chance to tackle, he can hit. Uh, so that's one thing. If you want someone to play that hybrid kind of linebacker role, be more in the box, that's a player that shown so far in very limited amount of time. He's somewhat of a sure tackler. Uh, again, definitely changes when you're playing the first string. Uh, but I don't know. There's potential there, I guess. They drafted him this year for a reason. Who really knows? But I going into this year where, again, towards the end of Rodgers' career, another Super Bowl or bust year, I don't think you really want to bank on Levitt, Abernathy, and uh, Carpenter to be your, your third safety. So I'm with Todd. I think someone's definitely going to be brought in either at safety or if they want to put Razul back there and let Savage roam around and maybe bring in some corner depth, who really knows, but uh, we'll see how that pans out. But we're going to, for the sake of time, Todd has to make it to a baseball game. We're going to wrap it up here today. Uh, Again, Todd, thank you for joining Gage and I. Uh, There's a little bit of a Lombardi's bar pack a day uh, mashup right now, but we'll go ahead. Todd, where can people find you if they uh, don't follow you already? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the Todd V. Uh, you can catch me every Tuesday with Jimmy and our girl Aaron on on Brandon Off Topic, and Wednesday nights at seven with Jimmy and our buddy Dan on uh, Lombardi's Bar. Yeah, Herman was just on a couple weeks ago. If you want to go back and watch some of the episodes, Herman, Matt Schneiman have been on. Um, way better insight than us. Some would say expert analysis. Some some would. Um, Somewhat. Uh, Gage, where can people find you? As always, you can find me on Twitter at GBridgeford NFL. All of, my, all of my links to all of my work, whether it's with Rotoball or Denver Stiffs or anywhere else that I may be doing stuff, all the links are always going to be there. Uh, and I don't feel like telling everybody 74 different websites and links to things. So <laughs> follow that one link. That'll give you the links to everything. Awesome. Follow me, Jimmy underscore C08. I remembered it this time correctly, Todd. Uh, and then also go remembering ahead. your own, t- your own handle. That's impressive. I messed, I messed it up the last time we did a show. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and make sure you follow pack a day podcast on all the platforms on YouTube, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Uh, appreciate you guys listening in. And as always go pack, go.